You are listening to iRadio TT online all the time. Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. The podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis of all the music from the islands. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Music Matters. The Caribbean edition. I am Laura Dorridge Phillips. And I am Nigel Campbell. And once again, we're talking about the business of music here in the Caribbean. Yes, we are, Nigel. And we have a really great topic tonight. We have a really great guest with us. I think so. I think yes. so. I think it's important as we expand out into the Caribbean beyond Trinidad that we understand what's happening in the music business in the region. And I think um, our guest tonight is highly qualified. He's written a book. He has his own website, his own certifications. The man is the man is the man is the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Donovan Watkins. Hello, Donovan. Hi, hi, hi. How are you doing? Laura and Nigel, nice to meet you and nice to be on your show. Thank you very yes, much for being here. Nice to connect with you, Donovan. And for those who are not, you know, Nigel said he's everything, everything, everything. Donovan is a podcaster. He has his own podcast, World Music Business, is it? World Music World Views. Music Views, yes. And you have your own web- entertainment website. You're a cultural activist, entrepreneur. Um, Donovan, you've done so much and continue to do so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, How did you... You know, how did you land here? How did you get into entertainment? What drives you? Why is this your passion? So we have two websites, worldmusicviews.com, which is about the music and music business of the Caribbean and all over the world. And we cover Afropop, Afrobeats, dancehall, reggae, um, Latin music, and Mena music, which is the music from the Middle East and North Africa. No soca. Um, I know what to ask. I don't understand what's happening here. We cover um, Trinidad. Trinidad, got ah. you, got you, got you. Which is the new new wave coming out of your country? Mm. Yes. We cover soca when it collides with these genres that we just mentioned, and we try to stick to the niche that we we focus on. We we'll focus on the business of music in the Caribbean, which I guess that encompasses soca as well. Because we're about developing and whatever's put in place. If Soka is streaming, it's streaming. If if any song streaming, it's streaming. But where music views cover those genres particularly. And dancehallreport.com covers dancehall music in particular um, from the region and elsewhere. Because, you know, dancehall is everywhere now, not yes. just in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, as for me, you asked about my background. So I... Started in the entertainment business as a drama teacher, where I studied at the Edna Manley College of the Visual and Performing Arts. I studied theater, I studied drama. I taught for 10 years. Simultaneously, I was doing movies. I was doing TV shows, the ITM Fancy Cat show. If you guys know about that in Jamaica, no. I did six <laughs> seasons of the ITM Fancy Cat show. Um, and that was a popular TV show on, on Jamaican TV. I managed comedians who were also part of that show. And we, we got some success from that where, um, we signed to Flow. I don't know if Flow is in Trinidad. 
Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. So we signed to Lime, which I think they got the name Lime from Trinidad. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And we we turned Lime's market share from 300,000 subscribers to when we were there two years in. A year in, not even uh, two years, a year in, um, they got 1.5 million subscribers. Wow. And then shortly after that, Lime sold to Flow and... Cable and wireless sold to 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 Liberty after that as Liberty well. Liberty Media, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been doing that. I've made advertise. Uh, I've made advertising products both for myself and for companies for the Bank of Jamaica. I don't know if you've seen the inflation targeting ads with Taurus Riley and Denique, and I produced and direct and wrote in many instances those ads, which were featured in over twenty five publications because nice. I merged. I merged the culture with the topic, which is inflation, which is an otherwise boring topic. But <laughs> when you put Taurus Riley on it singing, all the high prices that mean me harm, then go back where they came from. All the high prices that mean me harm, hey, they can go back where they came from. No inflation monster, child So we we remixed Taurus's song and and flip it into an ad and it, it took over the world. And we did about we did about we did several ads which were featured in in major publications. We won awards. So my company won an Addy Award, American Advertising Award, mm-hmm. for for one of the TV ads from the Inflation Campaign. Nice. The Central Bank, who we did the ad for, won Central Bank Communication of the Year for 2020. From nice. ads. So, so that's the impact of what we've been doing and merging culture. And out of all of that, and my observations and my work with artists, with brands, and, and seeing how people have been using the Jamaican culture, the Caribbean culture, and turning it into a marketing tool, I wrote my latest book, Cultural Capital to Financial Capital. And it's basically interviewing some of the same people that I've worked with. Taurus Riley is in the book. Mm-hmm. Some of the same people who found success using the culture. they telling their story, how they did it. But also I'm putting it together to because the questions were geared at how they use culture for profit, how they use culture to create products, how they use culture to impact the world and sell records and all of that. I put it all together to show how everybody from Jamaica and the Caribbean, our birthright is the culture. Definitely that. If you were born in, in Saudi Arabia, your birthright is the oil and they have a lot of oil money and they're building big cities. Our birthright is culture and the Jamaican culture in particular is powerful. Rihanna uses it. Drake uses it. Justin Bieber uses it. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj uses it. <laughs> and they make big profits. So we have to do that as well. But the only way to do that, we have to value it. Mm. And to value it, we have to measure it. Hence, my work with World Music Views is about measuring, analyzing, and highlighting what's positive, what's big, what's valuable about the music and the culture. How do you measure it? Because that is, a, that is a, a conversation that we've had on this podcast over the last few years, I mean, when we talk, we talk about in the context of, of Soak and Trinidad, you know, how do we measure the value of it? Because I feel like a lot of the issues that pertain in Jamaica is similar to 
what pertains here in Trinidad, what pertains across the region when it comes to to the music and the culture, you know, for the the the, the people who make the for the decision makers, the, the governments, the, the business community, they don't see it as a valuable business because they you know they are not presented with what matters which is the data 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 is an enemy i you think know? in the caribbean and as a consequence um some of our decision makers have openly said here in china because there's no data they can't give money and put policies that would guide the industry here but tell me what is the situation in jamaica yeah first of all how do you value the music for the culture first of all and then you can tell us a little bit about the you know the, the landscape in jamaica what pertains there so how you measure anything is with numbers, right? And you must have a numerical system to measure it. So in the music industry, you measure it with streams. Now, Jamaicans don't buy records, but they stream. Caribbean people don't buy records, but they stream. So now they can't say, oh, nobody listening to the music. Because if you check the Trinidad stats, Prince, what's his name? Prince Swanee. Prince Swanee. Prince Swanee who's the top streamer down there, he's streaming millions. I mean, millions mm-hmm. of listening to his music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Second thing you do is how catalogs are used overseas. So so we, we cover the certifications in the US, UK, and Canada. We cover the streams outside of the region as well as the region because the value of the music is not just how it's being consumed at home. It's how it's being consumed overseas. An example of it mm-hmm. is Shabba Ranks in 1992 won two Grammys back-to-back, sold 500,000 records back-to-back, right? Mm-hmm. With an album, Extra Naked, Raw mm-hmm. as Ever, right? And those those two albums set a precedence for what music was to become later on, the, the Mr. Lover Lover Man, right? We saw Shaggy maximize the Mr. Lover Lover nature, and even Cobra did that, right? And Sh- Shabba did. <clears throat> Shabba, yeah, Flex was was the template for the lover lover, mm-hmm. which we saw, we saw Americans capitalize on that later. The hardcore lover, that's that's a Jamaican thing, you know. The the hardcore guy that's a lover, that's mm-hmm. a Jamaican thing. So then Shaggy maximized it and created a diamond selling album. Well, at twelve million selling album. Oh yeah, twelve million. I was checking that literally yesterday. Online and it was twelve million, yeah. But 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 that's also it, right? We didn't have a way to measure that in Jamaica before or the Caribbean before. Mm. So we have implemented in Jamaica where you can measure how music is being consumed using streams, using Apple Music streams, Spotify streams, YouTube streams. And when we put all of that together, just like how the RIA calculate based on their systems over there. We mm-hmm. calculated here. So we said 10,000 units, same measurement we're using, equal gold, whether for single or, or album. Mm-hmm. Right. We use the same system of measurement. So we don't have to only depend on Americans to measure the music and say, oh, this is certified gold or diamond, or measure measure what what is what in Jamaica Mr. Lover Lover was re- released. And if, if it sold 500, the only way you know if it's big and if everybody has a boop, 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 boop. But the only way you know if it's big in America is if it's certified. So we are starting to certify music. Because all we know, Shabba probably sold a good amount in Jamaica, but he's not certified in Jamaica. Mm. Tingaling was a big song. But Huge. 
there was no certification in Jamaica for that. So we want to change that where we have documentation of how songs are being consumed, how much is being earned, not just with the, the retail sale, but wholesale sales. What's the value of a catalog? Yeah. So we celebrate catalogs every year as well. So so we, if you go on World Music Views, you'll see the 25 and, and 25 year anniversary of Supercat's Don Dada album, which we outline all of its achievement. That's how you measure. That's how you show culture. And that's how you show what the impact of culture has been. Don Dada was an album that changed hip hop. Biggie Smalls wanted to be like Supercat and, and uh-huh. go to Supercat and did a remix. And that changed the trajectory of, of how hip hop went. But, but because hip hop landed in a system, a musical system called the music industry in America, it was able to flourish. We don't have that equivalent or we didn't have that equivalent in Jamaica. So if the music, the music is more disposable and nostalgic rather than certified and measured. You're getting because Jamaica song and I try that. Yeah, I want to ask you something, Donovan. You're getting tied in from like the Jamaican Reggae Association or the Music Association because what you're dis- identifying here is, is the, that the artists themselves have to recognize that they have a catalog that is valuable. You're getting the analytics, as we said, from the streaming, from the DSPs. But, um, are, are the, are the artists is, is Supercat, is, is Shabba, is, um, is Buju. Are, are they on board with you on this? Or are you just doing this? by just going and getting the analytics out there and just compiling it and presenting facts. This has streamed a million times. This has streamed 50 million times. So, just getting- like, so, so World Music Views, I was just took it off TV. World Music Views was, was on TV for the last four years. Mm-hmm. We just took it off TV like a week ago because we're going fully digital with it because you don't see the RIA on TV. It's online. Mm-hmm. And the, the Music Canada is online. IFPI is online. Brit Certified is online. So we're putting that online. We don't need artists to buy in to measure the music. Artists do what artists do. Uh-huh. We do what we do. Because artists won't influence what gets measured. The only thing that will influence it is the accurate data. You understand? No, it's in the yeah. interest of the artist. It's in the interest of the artist to find his data wherever it's available. It's in his interest to, to go and, and research. It's in his team's interest. If he wants to know, Skilly Bang, for example, has one Hot 100 hit, right? But Skilly Bang is now on tour based on this data, collecting upwards of 50,000 a show, according to one promoter, because the YouTube data is there to show that Skilly Bang's music is being consumed. Yeah. So a promoter will have to step up his game because... Him can show and be like, yo, I've been number one in Jamaica for this and this and this time. Before, it was all about vibes. A man getting 50,000 a show in Jamaica was unheard of. Bounty Killer at his height was probably getting that. Skilly Bang is just starting out. You understand? So data, data is bringing more value to the artists, more value to the industry. And I do know a lot of the artists. And I do see them and I do interview them. And they do come on my show. But I don't necessarily, we're music views, not, not I, we're music yeah. views and the team and the body and the committee and the board, we don't need the artists to, to certify. It's we who certify the artists. Now, if an artist want to endorse, which, as I said, we, we have relationships with the artists. They, they like what's going on. I see them all the time. They endorse it. They big it up. The, 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 we're music views was on 
primetime TV, so they all saw me. Plus, I, I, I work with a lot of them, as I said. They will endorse because they see it as something that was necessary. But when you're measuring music, and 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 if we should come to Trinidad, it's not like we're going to come and, and say, um, oh, let's meet up with this artist so that we can start measure. No, the data is there. It's just about putting it together. Collating it and compiling it and analyzing yes, and, it. Yeah. And analyzing it and, and putting it out there just like the RIAA does, Music mm-hmm. Canada does. Um, all these countries, Germany, Netherlands, mm-hmm. every country does it. Brazil yeah. does it. Jamaica, we're the only people that was left behind from measuring music in Bob Marley country. Can you can you imagine that? Yeah. Now, Donovan, I know you said you you work with with um with music. You work with certain genres of music. This, is this something that you plan to expand beyond Jamaica? So it's into called, other into know, other countries in the Caribbean. So it's called World Music Views, right? So. The important music of the Caribbean, meaning the music that rises to the top. We cover all of that. Music and artists. And it sometimes reach out to St. Vincent because Rock City is one group that we cover. Uh-huh. Um, well, see, I have other groups that, that do like big, big songs. Mm. But, but a lot of artists, even from Jamaica here, they don't have the data. They don't, they don't, it's, it's not about, it's not about a country. The certification is about the country, but World Music Views does cover anything that impacts the Jamaican Caribbean culture. Do you use? Do yeah, you use that, a tool? Sorry, sorry, right. sorry. So, no, so that's why I asked because I mean, okay, so you didn't you didn't mention soca in the beginning, but I mean, soca is done literally produced and played throughout the Caribbean, um, probably with the exception of Jamaica, but almost every island in the Caribbean produces soca has their own subgenre of soca. It's huge because, you know, you have a carnival literally in every island in the diaspora. Um, so, I mean, just that's not just about soca. That's why I asked that question, if there's something you plan to do beyond outside of Jamaica in within the rest of the region. We could. We could, right? It's, it's not, it's, it's possible. It's, it's very much possible. Um, currently, we don't. Currently, we focus on these genres. But, but it's not, it's not impossible. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I'm just wondering about the tools that you use because um, there's this, of course, you know, the app chart metric, which actually does this aggregation of data and al- analytics from all the streamings as well as socials to kind of rank where artists are in, the, in terms of the real world popularity as well as what's doing. What tools do you use to do these measurements or is it just you have uh, accounts with um, Apple Music and Google Music and not Google Music, sorry, um, Amazon Music and Spotify. Do you have any specific tools that you use to do your measurements? So one of the, the main tools we use every week, if you go on the World Music Views, is we get our data from Luminate. Luminate, yes. That used to be a... Um, so so we, we, get our, mm-hmm. we get our data directly from Luminate. Those are the people that do the billboard charts. The billboard chart. charts, correct, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We also get our data from YouTube Insights. We get our data from Apple Music as well. And we get our data from Spotify, directly from Spotify people. Okay. Uh, and, you, of course, you identify which particular artist you're interested in. As you said, you, you're covering specific genres, so you may cover Prince Swanee, but you may not cover Marshall Montano. Am I correct in that? No, that, that's not how you measure it. So you can't measure it by artist. You have to measure it by region. So, so by region, okay. If, if something is happening in Jamaica, 
Um, like I see music pop up in Jamaica every day that I've never heard of the artist, but they pop up because if they release music and it's being consumed, it's going to pop up. Prince Swanee has popped up in Jamaica before. Mm-hmm. It is my intention to expand to the Caribbean and, 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 and I have, and we have covered Trinidadian artists. I don't know if you know, what's this other guy's name? Yeah. Are you, are you familiar with him? Huh? Jelano? Yeah. Yeah, They're, like there are several of them from Trinidad who they have the same Jamaican swagger. So it's not a it's not a Jamaica versus Trinidad thing or Jamaica versus mm-hmm. any country thing. It's about how the music is being consumed. If yeah. it has an impact, if it has an impact, it's gonna get covered. Yeah, but it's important that we keep the integrity of it where we we showcase the best of the best. Mm. And if something and, is if something is of of high data consumption, we're gonna cover it. We're gonna we're, cover it. We're Got gonna you. be the first. Yeah. Where music views is gonna be the place that you see it first, because we know once <laughs> it happens, we know. I found it interesting because I actually had a conversation with a promoter today, um, somebody who was putting on a, a big reggae show in a couple of weeks, and he was saying, you know, and I've heard this before from other people outside of Trinidad, how much. Um, Jamaica music is consumed here. How much we play Jamaica music. I mean, to the point where sometimes there are songs played here that aren't played in Jamaica at all. Um, and know the high level of, of Jamaica music that we, is played in Trinidad and Tobago. So that's also why I asked about expanding beyond the region because I think, you know, that, that might also be interesting for your measurements. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love what's going on in Trinidad as I tell you with. The pseudo dancehall, new dancehall guys that are Trinidad. And it, say it, pseudo dancehall, eh? Laura, you hear that? Eh? <laughs> pseudo dancehall. Oh, good. Let them hear it's this. It's a modern, it's a more modern dance. It's an offshoot. It's an offshoot mm. of dancehall. Yeah. And, and you know, I always find that interesting, Donovan, because I hear, I hear so much. I, I listen to the arguments about dancehall and dancehall trying to, you know, be more mainstream outside of the Caribbean dancehall trying to get its own category for the Grammys. And I'm like, and I remember asking Sean Paul this in St. Kitts when he when he came to perform at the St. Kitts Music Festival. Why is there why isn't there more focus by dance Jamaican dancehall community on the Caribbean? Because dancehall has impacted the Caribbean hugely. I mean, reggae is big, but I think dancehall's impact on younger generations have has been huge, and it has burst Trinidad. It has burst. A lot of subgenres of dancehall throughout the Caribbean. Like every island you go to, there is a dancehall community doing their own brand. It's like hip hop. So you know you have hip hop from the south, hip hop from New York, hip hop from East Coast, West Coast. Dancehall is doing the same thing in the Caribbean. So you have you have Trinidad in Trinidad. You have a brand of dancehall in in Saint Kitts, a brand of dancehall in Barbados. It's so prevalent throughout the Caribbean. Um. Should 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 the industry, Jamaican dance industry, be doing more work in the Caribbean because it's so it's been so popular and so influential? So I I totally agree with you. Um, but in terms of my work, in terms of my editorial work, in terms mm. of data, if an artist from anywhere in the Caribbean rises, I know once that artist rises, once that yeah. artist has data, I'm gonna know. It's not yeah. for me to it's not for me to to the artist development work. I'll feature an artist if an artist has data. I'll feature an artist if there's something 
if if an artist does something crazy, um, like they do all the time, I'll I'll feature it. Um, I'll feature an artist if like whatever is interesting to the audience, because our loyalty yeah. is to the audience first. Mm-hmm. So I will feature an artist, whether it's a Jamaican and and Caribbean, Jamaican, US, UK, Canada. They have a lot more artists that are not known than those who are known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of of you know the title of your book and what your book was about turning that cultural capital into financial capital, um, and and just looking at the opportunities. I know the Caribbean is seen as a small market regionally, but there's also the diaspora, and I always feel like maybe we 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 we, we crave so much the the, mar- the American mainstream market that we sometimes turn our backs on the markets we have right in our own backyards. So what's your question? Tell me a question. No, I was just saying that in the context of what I said just now about dancehall and its popularity in the Caribbean and how Jamaican dancehall artists could probably derive some benefit off of that. Thinking about your book in terms of cultural capital to financial capital, not necessarily work that you do in data, but what you are encouraging artists and creatives to, to look at. Well, yeah, um, cultural capital is about using who you are to impact the world. Whether you're from Jamaica, the Caribbean, US, UK, Canada, Switzerland, wherever you are, there is something that you were born with, the way you talk, the way you walk, who you are, that that has within it the ability to be developed into genius level talent, right? And not just for music, but if you're a, if you're a chef, it's mm-hmm. a particular way Caribbean people cook. The gastronomy industry is big and it's built on the lady that can cook the oxtail and how she cooking mm-hmm. curry goat and the patty people and mm-hmm. all that, right? It's a culture. It's, it's just a way of life of how we do it. But, but it doesn't make us special until we're able to execute. My book is about step-by-step showing how with this cultural capital that you have, you can turn it into financial capital. It's very specific. It deals mm-hmm. with reggae and dancehall. This this particular edition deals with reggae and dancehall. But make no mistake, it's about executing. Because if you don't set up a business, which I highlight in the book, if you don't have a brand, if you don't own your intellectual property, if you don't find the people who can help you to connect the dots. You will not move from the cultural capital to the financial capital. You probably won't even realize the cultural capital. So, so it's about organizing yourself in a, in a business-like way, but also being an artist and an entrepreneur and finding and using systems that are used by businessmen and women to adopt it to this genius-level talent that's in you and create stuff and make sure you own every percentage that you can own of it. Every Don't give it away. Yep. Like the, the predecessors did. Um, I, I mentioned Shaba Ranks, Supercat. Mm. Robert Livingston, who produced Dan Dada, told me that Sony Records own the masters for Dan Dada. Mm-hmm. Almost 30 years ago, they owned the masters for that. Sean Paul told me that VP Records and Atlantic owned all his masters for his hit songs. Give me the light on all these songs. Yeah, isn't VP in trouble? Well, not so much in trouble. Isn't everybody suing VP now? But, I think but hold, on, hold, hold on. Before we get the, 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 the idea that you can own your intellectual property 
and pursue excellence was not part of the narrative before for artists. So my students book, said give away their work. I can you. Go ahead. So my book broke it down using the examples of, of Sean Paul, who, who talked about it, um, Shaggy, who talked about it, several persons who talked about it, and how their lessons can be assets for new artists coming up. Mm-hmm. Because if, mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, we're going to continue to give away our cultural capital instead of turning it into financial capital. Or and that's it. what the book is really about. Or sell it for cents. We've had this kind of, um, in the last few years, a number of persons are coming into the country and reissuing catalogs that songs that came out in the nineteen seventies, kind of island pop and older, older music and thing. And I have been, I've been inside of some of these deals and thing. I've been told, told some of the artists, the money is too little bit, but the artists take the money, a couple hundred US dollars, and the people they say they, they repackage it, and then they own the master and the um, the copyright and the publishing right, and they could then insert it into films. And collect all those royalties, so that you're quite right. We people did not know that 30 years ago, but certainly they've been entrepreneurs and interlopers. I'll call them. And that to me, that to me is ripped more us off. important. That to me is more important than even just being an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so everybody want to be an artist. Everywhere you guys, you say yeah. Saint Lucia have one, Trinidad have one, Barbados have one, Jamaica have one. Everybody, every corner have an artist, but. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do with being an artist? Because it's the the, the business is easy to enter, you know, but it's hard to stay. To stay mm-hmm. and make a profit. I hear you. It's, I it's hear difficult. You. Art. I see artists come every week, and in in a couple months, we never remember them. We go on to the next one. <laughs> so, so if and and it's there. Like every artist could have a long career, you know, mm. but it it takes a certain level of focus, discipline, and business sense to to make it work. It also takes some. It also takes a level of infrastructure. Um, Donovan, does Jamaica have, um, you know, infrastructure support from the government, a framework, copyright laws, those kinds of things that that would enable these artists to do what you're recommending? Artists don't need government. Government need artists. What artists need is freedom. Artists need to not be restricted, because artists. Artist Bob Marley came under. Think about reggae music. It started in a place named Bakawal, downtown Kingston, where the government pushed away the Rasta people and built slums down there, right? Mm-hmm. And out of that came reggae music, which is globally known. They didn't need no government to do them thing. Them just do them thing. But if the government is is having laws that's preventing. Mm-hmm. artists from expressing themselves. That's where you need government to move. But it's not that government have a responsibility. They just need to not oppress the artists, not censor the artists, not cause... This, there's this thing in Jamaica called the Noise Abatement Act that doesn't allow music past a certain hour in Jamaica. We have that in Trinidad too. But mm-hmm. street dances is one of the cultural phenomena. Some systems... Mm-hmm. Is one of the cultural phenomena that developed the music. Bojo Banton, Supercat, all of these guys, Shaba, all mm-hmm. of these guys that developed dancehall, developed it with sound system culture. Mm-hmm. Now, the sound system can't play. You can't have guys performing at that level because there's nowhere to practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one of the reasons why even a lot of kids are doing music and they sound well in the studio. But when they go on stage, 
They lost. Mm-hmm. They lost. Oh yes, that's they quite true. That, that development that that the the early players got on a sound system where you literally get boo if you can't perform. <laughs> <laughs> you have a mic and you you miss a beat. Mm. You perform good enough, but miss a beat on how you're delivering, and you might get only for buckle and shandy buckle is the cause at the time. Yeah. Now, These kids don't know about Shandy Buckler and all that. Them, them go on and lip sync. Yeah. And they must sing with stems and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So, Laura. Now, when I spoke about government development, I mean, creativity happens. It doesn't need a government to happen. It happens. But I meant in terms of providing, because I, I, I strongly believe government's role is to provide a framework, laws, um, to provide... Enabling environment. An, an enabling environment, Exactly. For, mm-hmm. for creatives to thrive. I mean, they're, they're going to create the art. Art will always be created. But in terms of, you know, offering grants or making sure that there are proper laws in place. Removing that bottlenecks, yeah. Re- yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I meant. So if you look at the marijuana industry, what, that was suppressed from me, Bond, for years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in prohibition time. Mm-hmm. And now they're loosening the prohibition. And that's because... All of a sudden, you have people in power that are elected by people like me and you who represent that thought. Yeah. Caribbean people vote in their conservative counterparts. And if you're too liberal in a Caribbean government, you're going to lose the election. And (laughs) the one of the things that needs to change is who we elect. Both from a local government to a high government space, because the government represents the people, whether you believe it or not. The mm-hmm. government that a country have is the one they deserve. So, so if collectively people aren't thinking like that, what you have to do, either organize yourself and vote them, and nobody can do that. Oh, by the way, the same conservative people use dance hall to win elections, <laughs> it, right across the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. They use dance hall, they, they use dance hall dub plates and they play and they win the election. But then when dance hall is supposed to get some value and return, they say it's gunman music, it's criminal music. Yeah. So so what has to happen is more sensible, a more sensible legislation body that's empathetic to the needs of young people. Children aren't the future, children are now. Children exist now. Now. Youth exists now. To say that children and youth are the future is to dismiss their present condition. (laughs) And they're here expressing something. You might not like it. You might not like it, but that's what they're saying. I like like your, um, your attitude towards government intervention because our government is our major player in our music industry. But they've kind of turned their back on us because they're not seeing the um what's what they're looking for. So they're not necessarily seeing the potential of it and the investments have become ridiculously small and ineffective. And as you said, you know, we have these these rules that sometimes don't make sense. So that we have to up our game and make sure that the entrepreneur leads leads the way in how this thing operates. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a, it's a, so Caribbean governments in general are conservative and yeah. because they're, they're colonial. Ah, remnant, there you go. The landed gentry, mm-hmm. they, they set the rules, right? If, mm-hmm. 
if you you're old enough to remember when they were saying that reggae was dirty football music. Yeah. Until yeah. Bob Marley became who he was. A global super that is the icon of Jamaica. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now now dance all is that now mm-hmm. because it doesn't resonate with a particular class. A particular people. class of people. Quite correct. Okay. But Laura's that don't dispute its value. Its value exists. But the only, one of the only reasons why it's not regarded is because they don't see how to make money with it yet. Yeah. Because it's, it's youth culture. Well, there's, there is that. But I also think that something to go with the whole notion, the notion of measurement and data. Because the government can't see data, they don't think it's valuable. They can see data in, in tourism arrivals, but they can't see data on royalties collected. If they go on world music views now, they'll be able to see data on all music consumed. There you go. Laura. So how do you feel about the new law in Jamaica that bans certain types of music off the airwaves? So it's, not a that law. it's not a law. It's a, a restriction, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a first. They've done this over and over and over. I spoke with the broadcasting commissioner, um, Green, and he said that he's not keen on banning songs because in the past, artists used the fact that a song is banned to promote the song, which is yeah, true. It's true. So what he's doing is 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 reaching out to the the radio stations to say, he can't play songs if they have such and such and such. But even that is there's an error in that because you're gonna have to ban Bob Marley's I Shot the Sheriff. Mm, you're gonna have exactly. to ban Night Nurse by Gregory Isaacs. Jay-Z has a song that, that's called Big Pimpin'. And in that song, he's selling crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. But you have to know that he's selling crack cocaine because he's saying it will sell by the night, it is eggshell white. I got so many, it will land me in jail for life. Yeah. If you don't know that he's selling crack cocaine, you're not a translator. You don't understand the culture. You're going to play that song. And I'm sure they don't know that's what he's saying because they don't know lyrics like that. Any more than America don't understand the curse words that we have in Jamaica. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) And the last part of it is the kid's not listening to the radio. Well, I was just going to ask that. How does that work in an age when everybody is streaming? Yeah, the kids not. It's a, it's a, it's an out of touch approach. If they want to stem violent music, it, you have to engage people at their level, not at your level. Because if you if you say oh nothing on the radio, they're looking at you like, oh, but I was never on the radio. <laughs> I was never trying. Trinidad, Trinidad doesn't get played on the radio at all. But as you but as you recognize, mm-hmm. but the man them boss, everybody know them. Because mm-hmm. of YouTube streaming. So if, if I was measuring music, right? Which is how they measured catalogs back in the days. Based mm-hmm. on airplay. And who went number one and so. If I was measuring music using radio airplay alone, I would be out of touch with what's going on. <laughs> yes. Which is why world music views is important to measure the airplay as well. But we also measure exactly where the music is being consumed. Because that's important. We we have to talk when I say we, our company, your company, because the work that you're doing in Jamaica, I think is so important to kind of legitimize, quote unquote, our industry, certainly in the eyes of stakeholders, policymakers, and possibly international investors. But as you said, you've limited your, your, your range, right? Unless somebody breaks out in a big way, you kind of have a focus because I think this kind of 
advocacy and this kind of analysis and aggregation is so necessary for the whole region. Because we've seen what happened in Puerto Rico and the DR with reggaeton and Colombia, right? Yeah. Right. But um, they, they, YouTube billion, them just dropping billion views like it's no, like it's normal. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Sydney Dance Hall is hundreds of millions of views, right? On YouTube. Our biggest soca tune is by the Vincentian. Um, what's his name? Kevin Little. We also yeah. have the, the cricketer DJ Bravo who had a hundred million views of his song Champion, but it's all viewed in India. Right, he found a market because of the cricket connection. But the idea of counting and the idea of measuring, I think, is so important. And as I said, I think that is probably one of the things that the industry generally, for whatever reason, including artists themselves, are not willing to give. Certainly, not necessarily counting streets, but artists weren't even willing to give data about their name and whether or not they registered trademarks and that kind of stuff. So we had situations and where... we don't need that, which is why I said to you, we don't need the artists, because the, the mm. information, we have our ways be. to find information, right? Yeah, we it should be. But... We have our ways to know if... Like, I found out recently that um, Shabaranks doesn't own Dancehall Emperor because he didn't follow up to register it in the US. Now, oh, I know that, because I have my ways of finding out information. So my kind of journalism is more of a trade publication. Mm-hmm. We do editorials, we do stories, we do the research, um, but we're about getting to the root of the thing. We're not we're not trying to to make it be a vibes thing. And right. if you if you want to tell me if you're in Trinidad and you want to tell me say Prince Man want Swanee are the biggest man, mm-hmm. I need to, to check that, mm-hmm. and I need to be, to be able to see the numbers for that. Before it was a vibes. It was a, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a vibe. Say, oh, it's the biggest man at Jamaica. All right, biggest mm-hmm. man at Trinidad. Mm-hmm. That can't be how we proceed because there's too much money to be made in the music industry and the mm-hmm. entertainment industry to leave it to the whims of how someone feels. I hear you. I'm willing, to your point about working with Trinidad and other countries, of course I'm willing to do that because 40 million people in the Caribbean. There you go. Forty-three million with about five languages. Huh? Yep, yeah. yep. So, mm-hmm. so working with with different bodies and corporations and people with like interests, of course, I'm willing to do. I'm willing to share what I know. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to 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 bring people. Here. I'm willing to come there. I'm willing hey. to come and help with the infrastructure. Um, and show how it can be done. I'm willing to lend world music views in terms of highlighting and showcasing what's going on down there. And I'm willing to, for you to share. The same thing too that I am producing on your platforms, Laura. That's an um, invitation. I, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> to our conference. Whatever. Yes, yes, we should put on a conference in truth and invite you, Donovan. You're always mm. welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the, the the challenge, Donovan, is that people do not see, they don't understand culture beyond carnival. Unfortunately, carnival is so, it. Carnival is the driving is the main. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is the main driving force for Trinidad. Okay, it's in our DNA. It's who That's we are. It. Literally, is something that runs in our blood. It's not a commercial. It's not necessarily a commercial. I've never enterprise. been. I'd love to come to Trinidad. Oh to well, Donovan, you know now is the time. If you could book a ticket, book a ticket now. Do that like when tomorrow. Yeah. And when is it? It's February twentieth and twenty first. Yeah. But right now, let me tell you, if you find a ticket, good luck. So get in for carnival. You want to understand and how and how understand how our music 
is, yeah, is, it, is yeah. incorporated in Carnival, if unfortunately. You the, if you want to see the music industry in full flight, yeah. Carnival is the time to go. Eight and ninety percent of the, the value of our music industry is based on Carnival. So that Prince Swanee represents a very, very small percentage of our music industry. Mm-hmm. But as you've noted, he has more streams than Bungie yeah. Garland. But, but the, also the other thing, Donovan, which is rather interesting, is that because there's no soccer category in the DSPs, all of our music mm-hmm. is labeled. Under reggae. reggae, yes. Under reggae, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and artists and producers say it is actually much more profitable for them to list it as reggae rather than anything else. Because, I mean, the mm-hmm. other option is world music, and that doesn't work for them. Like, it's not profitable for them. We have, they that. have this new category, Best Global Performance, but we were speaking one of the one of the kind of founders of that who was in the industry at the time, um, Marlon Fuentes, he was at the, at the Academy. And I had suggested that that will always be dominated by Africans. Angelique Kidjo used to win the World Music Award Grammy yeah. for many, many years. And I said, yeah. numbers matter. I mean, as reggae has its own category, and Amali is probably going to win it five, three times out of five times. But unless you have a reggae artist or some artist who's selling the numbers of possibly Sean Paul, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, it's, you kind of get locked out. And as you rightly said, the Grammys is really an American event. <laughs> And really, truly, yeah. Bad Bunny from Puerto Rico supposed to be make supposed to be owning about a hundred Grammys, but he's yeah. still he's he's, he's he's um pivoted towards the Latin Grammys, and we get some Latin specialty Grammy that exists. But Bad Bunny is outselling everybody. Say what? In, in every category. Yeah, that's how it is. He was on the Billboard 200 for like fourteen weeks, not number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, I listened to your podcast with Harvey Mason Jr., the Grammy Award CEO. And, um, in, in the interview, you had asked him if he would be willing to, you know, if they would consider hosting the awards somewhere else outside of America because music is so globalized now. Um, and I, it, it, it made me think of a suggestion that Red Plastic Bag from Barbados had that he made on our podcast about having our own awards in the Caribbean whether it's an offshoot of the Grammys, like the Latin Grammys, or just having our own awards. What do you think of that? I mean, with, with <clears throat> thinking about, you know, you, you're doing the certification, if you ever reach the point where, you know, artists around the region could, could say, well, yeah, well, my, my single or my album, you know, is certified XYZ. What do you think about the idea of having our own awards in the Caribbean? So if you go on World Music Views now and go to the top, tab you'll see world music wmv awards 2022 we we have an awards that will be strictly about streaming mm. um then the rules are i'm going to read them the awards are based on digital streams and cultural impact throughout the year in jamaica the categories include but are not limited to reggae dance or gospel producers executive producers new artists of the year music video of the year most streamed video of the year most streamed artists of the year. And the nominees are based on calculated streams from Tidal, YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, digital songs, radio, ear, fashion, performance between 2021 and November 2022. So at the end of this month, December 1, those will be up. Now, we're not going to have a show. We're going to have, we're going to put this out in the same way as Spotify put out their, their 2000, Yes. Um, one recap. We're putting that out for the region, for Jamaica. We're starting with Jamaica, but but in this conversation, you're actually getting inclined to do it for the Caribbean. Yes, 
because it is important. It is part of the measurement. It's part of the marking the time. Yeah. Right. In 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 regarding Harvey Mason and the Grammys, the Grammys is a specific United States award show. It's not a Caribbean show. It's about no. music released in the US. In America, correct. Yeah. However, now because of streaming, every music is released in the US. Yeah. Once it goes on Apple, Spotify, it goes in the US. The Harvey has said, I don't know if you, you watch all of it. He said that yes, he, would consider, he would consider bringing the Grammys to Jamaica. Yes. Because I prompted him to let him understand that the Grammys, even though it's a U.S. award, it has a global impact. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where artists have to be too, even from Trinidad. Artists have to see themselves as global leaders, global artists. Because you're either local artists or global artists. But if you're a big artist, you have to see yourself global. Yeah. How can you fit into the global industry? There's a reason I didn't name it Jamaica Music Views. It's called World <laughs> Music Views because I want to highlight first how music is being consumed in the world. But I have an interest in Jamaica music because that's mm-hmm. where my expertise lie. I could talk about Jamaica music from now to next week. <laughs> but but I do I do have the Harvey Masons on. I have Ziggy Marley on. I have Sean Paul on. I have all the Shaggy. These- I remember Shaggy. the Shaggy interview. Yeah, Ziggy Marley. Mm. Um, I have different people. I have people from Three Hundred Entertainment on. I can Nolan. listen to his podcast. No, you know Nolan. Yeah, we know him. We had him on our podcast a couple of podcasts I, ago. Yeah. So so getting that that wide perspective in the ecosystem. I think is important so that persons don't think of themselves as small or or yeah. functioning in this area. Yeah, you're functioning in this area, but you're also functioning in Netherlands. Yeah. You're functioning in the US, the UK. But as far as World Music Views Awards this year, we're going to do the awards for Jamaica because it doesn't have an award. And we're not going to wait and say, won't someone do it? No, yeah. I, don't, I don't function like that. If I see something yeah. that's necessary... I gather people together, organize them, and we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah I like that. You're a true music like business that. entrepreneur, but I have to give props on that one. You're a true music entrepreneur. You see a need, you fill it, you fix it, and get it yeah. done. Yeah, That's yeah. how you do it. That's who's the damn thing. There, there's, no, there's no fear of anything or anyone. Is, is, well, if something is necessary, if I was selling mackerel, I would see who want mackerel, and I make a mackerel... <laughs> company and sell mackerel so it's the same thing i'm in this business any need i see i just create products that are consumable and i'll say you're walking the talk eh? because you're not just preaching to people you're walking the talk yeah so i i am a creator myself i make music i manage Mm -hmm. artists i do understand the side of the artist and the side of the, the business and and i want that to be how we function you know they, they, they shouldn't look at the industry and say, I'll be a criminal night or that, because I'm in it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, they should but, see it as a valuable thing that bright people are a part of. Ah, I think we have a sense of, some people have a sense of distrust of entrepreneurs and go-getters, which is unfortunate. But what I've gathered from our conversation this evening is that this, the Jamaican experience in terms of what you are doing, what is necessary is that kind of strong entrepreneur who, as I said, can get the job done as it was. Because I think we all have similar 
problems in the sense of data and not recognizing our value and 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 not and not understanding the business of music. But it takes a person such as you to get in there to get the job done and said, this is what is happening. You you are streamed X million of times and here, there, and everywhere. This is how we can show the world that your cultural capital is also financial capital. And I think that is what is missing. At least there probably are entrepreneurs in Trinidad. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot or probably elsewhere in the Caribbean. But the examples that you have shown here, to me, is the kind of examples that needed to have been done Way, way, way back in the 70s and 80s when Reggae and Soka was now starting. Because as much as the Chins had done with, with VP Records and uh, I guess um, Chris Blackwell before that in the 60s when he had with my boy Lollipop and when he was in England helping Mali to begin, there, that lack of serious entrepreneurship and sustained entrepreneurship. And you are the entrepreneur for the digital generation, understanding that streaming is now the thing as opposed to making records and selling records and that kind of stuff. Kudos to you for that. And I certainly would hope that us in Trinidad have a link with you and what you're doing, because I think that is what I'm recognizing has been missing. It's not so much we do understand what to do, but we need somebody to get the job done. And if your inspiration is part of that, well, kudos to you. It's exactly what's needed, right? Um, You need more impresarios. Mm -hmm. You you had a time when when you had people who could take a record from the studio and bring it straight to number one, right? Those those people, we don't see them no more. We don't have people who work records anymore. Um, from the business side, even radio, you're not having radio that that is important huh. where you definitely have to get the song on that station, right? Because you lose that personality. You lose that that person who would play a one song for 10 times for the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that person. So with the new systems that, I, that I'm championing, it's, it's part of that impresario way of making music, of, of getting music, getting the value out of music then. And the system never existed. So I'm like, I'm going to create the system and I'm going to make the system work. And the system is going to measure and the system is going to be forever. Long after I'm gone, the system is going to be here and it's going to be something that is used for generations to come. I like your way of thinking. That's all I can say. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I, I like I like the work that you're doing, Donovan. I think it's important. It's it's meaty, for want mm-hmm. of a better word. Um, it's not just talk. Um, and I I look forward to, you know, you expanding your vision Beyond, rest, beyond to Jamaica. the rest of the to, yeah beyond Jamaica to the rest of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. um the Caribbean is such a rich cultural place with all sorts of genres of music, um you know we have tons of festivals we have so much happening so much creativity and talent resides in this archipelago it's not funny, um and there are so many people who just want to be able to make a living off of what they do what they're passionate about, um. So I, I look forward to, you know, the future. And, I want and, to come. I, I'd love to come. And, and this conversation is very rich. I'd love to continue it in person. I want to come. Invite me. You're invited. <laughs> or, or just invite me. I'll come. I, I'll, yeah. I'll immerse yeah. myself in the culture. Well, you know, our conversation tonight certainly has been enriching. Enriching to me to understand that 
the idea of the business of music is not a, a Music Matters the Caribbean Edition doesn't own it exclusively. World Music Views is part and parcel of this idea of getting the business of Caribbean music out there. But I think one of the things that you have shown me is the idea of what real entrepreneurship is in terms of that certification that you do with your records, your award system that you're handing out um, at the end of this month, I think in December 1. And I think that is so, so important. And that could be an inspiration for creatives throughout the region to understand that it's not just a matter where they could just wash your foot and jump in and sing a song in a studio and then they can't sing it live. But you also have to know how to make money out of it because at the end of the day, business is a business. It's not a small money hustle. It's about making dollars and cents. So Donovan, all I can say tonight, thank you very, very much for this conversation. Um, we definitely will be talking again and certainly we're definitely going to invite you to try now to have further conversations with our stakeholders here and let's see if you could make Caribbean music bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger. All the best. Yes. I would yes. love to, I'd love to come give a keynote in front of Dr. Keith Rowley. Call names. That you guys need the entertainment industry to free up. Mm, 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 mm. Now, I'd love to come and talk. I'd love to come and talk and 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 have a good time. Not a problem. Not a problem. So that's it, Laura. Yes, again, a very enlightening conversation. Um, Donovan is a real spark. I feel very energized by this conversation, and I absolutely love the work that you're doing, Donovan. Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Let's know how you, what you know, your thoughts. Give us some feedback. You know where to find us. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Facebook. We have a YouTube channel because now YouTube we have a new channel. handle. Yeah, Music Matters Caribbean, and on Twitter. So that we're gonna continue doing this. And thank you very much, Donovan. Music Hello, Matters, one love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. I'm Nigel Campbell, and I'm Laura Dowridge Phillips. We'll catch you again another time. Bye bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Music Matters Caribbean. And if you want to listen to our previous podcasts and keep up with our new material, check out the website podcast.iradio.tt or listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Radio Public, and more of your favorite podcast platforms. Music